You're listening to Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds chasing authentic love and divine romance. Friends, thank you so much for joining me today at Spoken Bride, a podcast inviting Catholic brides and newlyweds into what is sacred and what is real. This is Stephanie Callis, Spoken Bride's co-founder and your guest host today. And joining me is Evan Christensen of Evan Christian Photography. Evan is a Catholic wedding photographer located in the Boston area with a passion for small weddings and intimate settings. You can find him on the Spoken Bride Vendor Guide and at evanchristiansen.com. And today we're going to be talking about how to prioritize and budget for a wedding and how to talk about your expectations with your fiance and with your families. Evan, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, our pleasure. Uh, For our listeners who aren't familiar with you and your business, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and just your journey into your photography career? Yeah, sure. So I uh, started my photography career a really long time ago, actually, uh, maybe even as far back as high school. Um, So a a little bit longer than I'd like to admit ago. Um, But I really started doing wedding photography when I was in college. I had a friend of mine who quit his engineering program to become a wedding photographer in the Bay Area. And I went on a couple of weddings with him. And then when I moved to Boston to work on my uh, graduate education, I continued to do wedding photography there as a sort of side gig. Um, and uh, I got to work with some really, really uh, quite famous photographers in the area, some very, very expensive photographers in the area. And I uh, found that I was a little bit sort of, um, I, don't, I don't really know what adjective to use, disgruntled, disappointed. Uh, with the kind of uh, consumerism that I was seeing in the wedding industry. Um, And so I thought maybe I would try to offer a Catholic alternative in as much as I was capable of doing so. Um, And that's what I've been doing for for about five years now. That's great. I think that I have sensed kind of like a um, like an inclination among some Catholic couples to think that it somehow might be less virtuous to be spending a lot on the wedding. And certainly, like you said, there was like that tension of of consumerism where you would never want to be fully caught up in that. But um, something that I have kind of always believed really strongly is that like the desire for a beautiful wedding, you know, visually or with whatever surroundings and items that a couple might add to the day. It doesn't just exist for itself, but if that's there as as an invitation into, you know, the beauty of God and into what the couple like wants to share about their relationship and the sacrament, like that starting point and that starting attitude, I think can make such a difference. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, what I'm what I'm not going to tell couples um, today or ever really is um, what they can or can't do. Uh, with the amount of money that they spend on their wedding or the the number of sort of beautiful elements that they have in their wedding. Um, mostly what I'm interested in in discussing with people and uh, what I try to bring out in the discussion with any potential clients of mine is um, to really define what it is that they need and what it is that they want and why they need and want those things. Um, you know, I went, I went to a lot of weddings when I was, as I said, working with uh, these other professional photographers in the area And um, several of them were spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on their weddings. And, you know, I suppose if you can afford that, that's okay. Um, But I I think that there's an expectation that you sort of have to spend uh, more money than you need to or more money than you have um, on a wedding. And I think that misses the mark a little bit. And I think we'll talk about that throughout the conversation today. 
Yeah, let's talk about it. You talked about defining terms. So um, you have shared with us that you want to talk about um, ways that couples can prioritize their wedding budget and having started your business with a real um, heart and intention for helping guide couples in that way. Um, what do we mean when we say prioritizing your wedding budget or defining your wedding budget? This is actually just sort of general budgeting advice. Um, and that is that when you create a budget, um, you need to make sure that what you're doing is trying to actually serve your goals. And what that means is that you have to have goals before you start. Uh, and this is really important because when you're interacting with wedding professionals like myself or uh, like yourself, actually, that, you know, a wedding planner, um, we have all these different packages and we have all these different levels and we've worked with different clients with different amounts of money before, you know, different priorities uh, before as well. And the result is that you can get sort of caught up in this sort of flurry of options and packages and, and get your wants and your needs interchanged. Um, and as a result, uh, often people end up either way over budget and feeling like they're not quite sure why they spent so much money. So sitting down in advance and really deciding what it is that you want and creating your budget to serve those goals. Um, and then maybe making a sort of hard line on money, meaning we will definitely never spend more than this. And then maybe a soft line, which is sort of where we would like to spend, but given certain contingencies like an extra hour of photography here and there, or an extra person to make sure things go smoothly on the day, um, that can really help couples out a lot. So really starting with what it is that your goals are, what you want, and then what you need, and then setting that sort of hard line and soft line in your budget can help a lot towards prioritizing uh, before you start interacting with professionals who are often quite good at selling you uh, packages. Right. Yeah. All right. So cool. <laughs> Step one is defining your goals. And then from there, couples can kind of go about finding like, how can we actually bring these about? How can we serve our goals with the money that we've right. been getting? And I think yeah. that really lets you, you know, it lets you sort of find the spaces where maybe you have a little bit more room or um, really think about what it is that you are expecting from your wedding. Um, and and these, these kinds of conversations are important to have as a couple anyways. Um, but you might as well start talking about these kinds of expectations and the way that you spend money and uh, where your hard and soft lines are now, um, rather than trying to figure those out midway through. Oh, yeah. I think planning a wedding is one of the ultimate, you know, relationships. <laughs> I mean, God willing, you're in it from there and you're going to figure it out together. But I think there's certainly, like you say, more productive ways of um, talking about that. I know that um, my husband and I, um, with our neighbors, we have this like running list of things that we'll talk about as far as um, what should be required in a marriage prep class. Like, you know, you never go and are asked to put together a piece of Ikea furniture. Or you're never asked to play on a team for a board game and see how someone is, you know, in competition or in like win-lose kind of situations. Um, and I feel like money is one of those too. So planning an event, whether it's, you know, like a birthday party beforehand or just going big and planning your wedding, it really does lead to so many conversations that just let you see the different sides of each other's like, you know, tendencies and, and habits. Um, and it's not just them. Like, what about um, family expectations? Um, how can couples talk about that with the people involved with, um, you know, investing in the wedding and helping them plan? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, families are 
um, a whole nother variable among a list of, <laughs> you know, mu must be a hundred variables that go on when planning a wedding. Um, yeah. And this is another place where it's really important. And I, and I always encourage my, my couples to sit down and really talk about their expectations and vision for a wedding together. Um, so maybe even like write it down separately, talk about it together, and then discuss what your families expect and how they typically celebrate weddings. Um, because, you know, again, there are so many um, variables here. Maybe maybe one of your parents uh, really liked a particular aspect of their wedding that now seems a little bit out of date or uh, maybe they want, uh, you know, maybe they want to use uh, wedding rings from their grandparents or something. And these are just things that, you know, they don't come up until you start to plan the wedding. So thinking in advance is really important here. And balancing the expectations of family against your own expectations is also very important. And the thing to remember here is that it is your wedding. And, and because of the fact that it is your wedding, um, you should be trying to make sure that it has the elements that you want in it. Um, and then if you can, and if it's possible, um, try to integrate the ones that your family uh, desires. You know, one thing that I, I tell couples to start with here is to think about um, a few different elements in their, uh, in their wedding. Um, the first is it helps to start in a similar place, so you should talk about it. Uh, the second, as I mentioned before, is to define the things that you really need and then address those first and then define the things that you would like or would really want and then address those second. And then the third, and this is one that I find is really helpful for couples, and I wonder actually if you uh, use the same ones, is um, I ask couples what they remember from weddings that they've attended. Um, and the reason I ask this is because uh, if you think about something like dinner, do you remember just offhand, um, what was it that you had for dinner at the last wedding you attended? I'm yeah, I'm actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> question. Gosh, yeah, I can remember some, one was barbecue, one was chicken parmesan. Um, but, Were any um, of them the best food that you'd ever had? I mean, are my friends whose weddings I was at listening Right, to so uh, they, they might be. Um, no, it was great, but um, I, I see the point yeah, that so, you're... So the point, the point here isn't I to be think... dismissive, obviously. Everyone's <laughs> wedding is, is, um, is very special, especially to them. Um, but the broader point here is that a lot of these details seem to matter quite a lot at the beginning, and especially when you're making the plan. And, you know, obviously, whether the dinner is very, very bad or very, very good will matter to the experience of the evening. But is it going to make a big difference if you pay $15 per plate or $25 per plate? Um, you know, a photographer would say that a photographer should always be on your list of needs. But do you need the photographer there the whole day? Or could a few hours work? You know, could you uh, just have the photographer there for the wedding mass and the beginning of the reception or just for the wedding mass and for the portraits? Um, you know, are you going to need a thousand photos from your wedding? Uh, or will 200 do? Um, you know, these kinds of, of really, um, you know, sort of fine-grained questions, these really sort of granular needs versus wants questions can help you to really, uh, really accurately and really effectively uh, pare down the wedding budget. And 
I want to point out here that that usually when I'm saying this uh, to couples, I'm usually saying pare down, you know, reduce wedding budget. And of course, if you have the room, you can go up. But the reason I say that is because, at least in the Boston area where I work, the average wedding costs sixty thousand dollars to to um, to put on. And in some of the venues that I work, like the Boston Public Library, for example, the average wedding costs like $120,000. And so I think for most people, there's probably room to pare down rather than to go up, at least in this area. And nationwide, that's a similar trend. So just thinking about these ways that you could sort of scale back a little bit if this isn't as important to you. Uh, and that way, again, when you when you talk to the actual vendors that will be providing these services, you'll have a little bit more ground to stand on. Nice. Yeah. So I think knowing what you feel most strongly about is probably a big clue as to what it might be most prudent to invest more in mm -hmm. versus versus. Got it. Yeah. And then um, there's also virtue, I guess, in the self-knowledge of, um, you know, each other's spending tendencies or in knowing where you can scale back and still find contentment in less. So um, does that play into helping your couples have a prayerful engagement and kind of inviting the Lord into this budgeting process? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things to always remember when we're talking about uh, wedding planning is that we're talking about a sacrament here. We're, I mean, we're also talking about a party, but primarily we're talking about a sacrament. And the requirements of the sacrament are the consent of the couple and witnesses. There's even theological debate between East and West as to whether the priest is required for the sacrament, but illicit and valid can happen in any Catholic church um, with as few as five people present. That's the couple, the priest, and two witnesses. So from the perspective of what's required, what's like absolutely needed for a wedding to occur, for us to sort of enter the phase of life, enter this sacrament together. Um, really what you need is just those five people and everything else is extra. So this, the sacrament costs nothing. In fact, it's, it's, it's church law for the sacrament to cost nothing. You might have to um, pay facility fees if you wanted to have it in the church building. But I know many priests here in Boston that have, have told me at various times that they're happy to marry a couple in their office absolutely for free, or even during daily mass, absolutely for free. The, um, the challenge then, again, becomes identifying things that are um, additional or important to you in this event. Um, do you want to have it in a church and be able to invite a bunch of people? Then you may have to pay the church for a facility fee and, you know, um, have uh, flowers and, and, and um, a nice dress and all these kinds of things. So really remembering in the process of, of this wedding that when we're planning a wedding, it's primarily about this sacrament, which has very few requirements. And bringing Christ into that and praying with your spouse about the things that are um, important can help you to really gain some space on, on what it is that we need in this wedding. You know, one, one way to think about this is uh, to think about all the people who are uh, getting married currently, you know, or in the last year or so when the coronavirus pandemic has been going on. And I have several friends who have gotten married in this time, and most of them had deposits at a big wedding venue somewhere else for a later time. And almost all of them, when they were planning their much smaller sort of pandemic era wedding, were saying, oh, it's fine, we'll have this big wedding later, like at the one year anniversary or something. 
And now almost every single one of them is not really that interested in doing that. I mean, they want to have their friends uh, together for a party, but they're not really, you know, they're not going to spend the big bucks like they were before on this big thing. And so the question is, if that's how you feel, you know, if that's how many of my friends feel, um, you know, is it really necessary, all this other stuff? And it's worth praying about this uh, with your spouse to, to use um, prayer and communication as a way of sort of identifying these needs and wants. Um, and then maybe you'll find that there's consolation in the sacrament and not in the, in the sort of party that the wedding can become. Yeah, I think that needs and wants discussion has probably never been more timely than in this time, like the micro wedding and um, having to constantly, you know, pivot and adjust expectations. Um, My last question for you, since you specialize in smaller events and really helping your couples to pursue this spirit of of humility and and restraint and contentment, um, do you have any stories from pandemic weddings that you've shot in this past year or any that you've attended for guests, what would you want a couple to know who might be going through this I right think now? what I would want them to know is is what I was just saying about um, my friends and couples who have gotten married last year. And that is that mm-hmm. at first they were really distressed by the fact that their wedding was going to look quite different than they were planning for it to look. And then, you know, to a man, every single one of them have been joyfully married during the pandemic and wouldn't trade their wedding for anything. And so, you know, even if it's not the perfect, you know, planned wedding that you expected, which as you and I both know, um, no wedding ever is the perfect wedding, right? There's always one variable that changes in the process. Um, You know, even if it's not the thing that you envisioned, it is still um, beautiful and sacramental and still a wedding. For sure. I think, um, yeah, just the highlight of... um of what it comes down to and what everyone says about how at the end of the day you're married, like it's a cliche for a reason. And the truth of that has become, I think even more evident. Um, Evan, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Any other advice or insights into spending? You know, I just want to encourage couples to really spend time. I, I know that I'm harping on this at this point, but really spend time with that needs versus wants question. Um, Think about the things that are required. Uh, think about the things that are um, exciting but extra. And then make sure that you are uh, praying with your spouse as well as prioritizing during this process. And if you do those things, um, I think you'll have a wonderful and very holy wedding. That's awesome. Evan Christensen, friends, you can find him at Evan Christensen. Dot com. Thank you so much for being with us today, Evan, and listeners. Thank you for listening to Spoken Bride. If you're looking for more Catholic wedding vendors who share their faith, and if this podcast episode has been valuable to you today, I encourage you to visit the vendor guide on SpokenBride.com and to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Evan, thank you Thanks so much. Thanks again for having God me. Bless. God bless you.